Old powers waken, shadows stir, an age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us, an age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Knights Podcast. Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with the juice to get you through the long night. And today on the Obsidian Nights podcast, where we go through A Song of Ice and Fire chapter by chapter, I am joined by Lady Lola. Lola, would you like to tell the people who you are and where they can find you? Hi, my name is uh, Lady Lola. You can find me on Twitter at the Lady Lola one although I don't really post a lot, but that's where you can find me. Uh, yeah, so when I followed you on Twitter... I like seeing a post that you had retweeted a line from like yeah. from like August. And I was like, oh, yeah, I still feel like that. Where I was yeah. like, I wish Daenerys <laughs> murdered them all. I was like, yep, I still yes. feel, like, still feel that. <laughs> I'm not a big poster, but yep, I saw that earlier. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> so um, today we are going to be doing Sansa 5 of A Game of Thrones. And this is a very interesting chapter because this is all about... The goings-on after um, Ned Stark has been imprisoned and Joffrey is king. So this is Joffrey's first uh, ever court as king. And it's going to be interesting. It's an interesting chapter. A lot of politics going on. And let's get right into it. So uh, the chapter starts off as um, this. The walls of the throne room had been stripped bare. The hunting tapestries that King Robert loved taken down and stacked into the corner in an untidy heap. Sir Mandon Moore went to take his place under the throne beside the two of his fellow of the King's guard. Sansa hovered by the door for once unguarded. The queen had given her freedom of the castle as a reward for being good. Yet even so, she was escorted everywhere she went. Honor guards for my daughter to be, the queen called them, but they did not make Sansa feel honored. Freedom of the castle meant that she could go wherever she chose within the Red Keep, as long as she promised not to go beyond the walls, a promise Sansa had been more than willing to give. She couldn't have gone beyond the walls anyway. The gates were watched day and night by Janice Slint's gold cloaks, and Lannister house guards were always about as well. Besides, even if she could leave the castle, where would she go? It was enough that she could walk in the yard, pick flowers in Marcella's garden, and visit the Sept to pray for her father. Sometimes she prayed in the gods would as well, since the Starks kept the old gods. So the first thing that I noticed, like in this chapter, was that Robert is barely dead. And they're like stripping his hunting tapestries off the wall. And like, that's how you can tell that Joffrey and Robert didn't have a close relationship. Because had it been my dad that died, I would want his hunting tapestries to stay on the wall. Like, they're my dad's. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And then on another note with the hunting tapestries, I know this is a little later on, but uh, Littlefinger really wants them. And this is the first time that they're kind of mentioned that they're being taken down. So I'm just really waiting to see what what's on them, like what's on the hunting tapestries. They piqued my like pique my attention <laughs> yeah considering he wants them so bad but I agree like um I think it's interesting that they were saying you know before his body was cold you plotted in the tatter they you plotted to take over the throne and his body's barely even cold and you're removing his whole memory right like even his belongings like fuck this like, yes let's let's burn this like or let's yes. get rid of this take this down and Littlefinger probably wants them because they are expensive. They're worth a lot of money, but they're worth even more money because they belong to King Robert. Yeah. So that's probably definitely. why he wants them. I know in the show, one of the tapestries that they had on the wall was Robert and Rhaegar at the Trident. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if that was one amongst them. I don't know where they got that. That was in season one. They could have got that from George that, like, the depiction of Robert and Rhaegar is on a tapestry in the throne room because it was there when they um like when in the council chamber which in the books i believe is in the throne room yeah they're in the they're in the throne room um 
but I, I have a crazy conspiracy that there's going to be something in them that can, I don't know, kind of expose Cersei's secrets. I don't know what, Ooh. but I just, I have this gut feeling that there's something more than just, um, like money or value, monetary value to them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's something there. I don't know what it is, but I can, I don't know. It's just like a gut feeling. I mean, there's always that possibility that's probably, I mean, if that was the case, that could be why they wanted them to come down. Yeah. Like if they depicted something like cryptic. Yeah. And then on that note with just something that always, I think is kind of funny or, you know, and it's talked about here more in this chapter, how, you know, they see there's a lot of Lannister stuff. There's a lot of Lannister men, Lannister colors. And I just always think it's kind of funny that Cersei and, well, Joffrey's supposed to be Cersei and Robert's son. Mm -hmm. But when he's gone, she's so quick to try to get rid of his reminder. But there's so many rumors about uh, Joffrey being illegitimate. I feel like, wouldn't you want to keep some of Robert's reminders around so that people know or kind of remember, like maybe have some more Stormlanders around, have some more Robert belonging stuff around? Like, I think it's kind of lack of foresight in her part to get rid of so much Stormland stuff, so it's, much it's, Robert memory stuff. Yeah, it's definitely lack of foresight, but it's also like before Robert's even dead, I remember Jon Snow, like it's a Jon Snow chapter, and they're like watching Joffrey in the yard at Winterfell and John's like like John's like the audacity that they would put the Lannister lion right next to the crown stag because I think like the sigil that Joffrey has is the crown stag and the Lannister lion like like that they're equal and like John just can't believe the audacity of it yes and they're crazy yeah I mean, they, they're really above themselves. But then, like, we later find out that Robert has borrowed so much money from Tywin that, <laughs> yeah, yep. well, Tywin does kind of own the kingdom. Yep, they can, he can pretty much do whatever he wants. Like, come on, bro. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just feel like it's it's so crazy. Like, bye, peace. Like, bye. Like, she's just basically <laughs> peacing out from him, you know? Yeah, like, it's like one of those wives that, like, plot on their, like, those those black widows it's like that kind of situation if this was a true crime episode it would be so obvious you murdered your husband yes come on try to hide it a little bit like a little better we would have figured it out in the first 48 (laughs) yeah yes exactly (laughs) so uh also in that um paragraph like Sansa Cersei is so fucking slick like she's so slick to say like, yes, yeah, Sansa, I'm going to give you an honor guard as if she mm-hmm. needs an honor guard. Like, no, they're spies for you. Yes. And like, it's just, Sansa's right. Like, it's to, to it's an empty gift. Like, you're giving her a gift of freedom of the castle, but it's empty. Because, mm-hmm. like, where can she go? What can she do? Like, it's not really a gift. It's a, it's a gift that's not really a gift. I agree. Um she and did. I like that she kind of like sees through it, you know, she was like, well, I don't feel very honored, you know, right. she kind of sees that, like, she's starting to see that, like, manipulative side of Cersei, and even in the text, freedom of the castle is in quotation, so it's almost like she knows, like, freedom of what I can't yeah. do anything, like, thanks, yeah, she- I guess, yeah. <laughs> she's not dumb, <laughs> she's not dumb, like, she's, wa- like, she's done some shit that... Mm-hmm. I don't like, but she's wisening up. She, she, but, but this is like the last chapter of Sweet Sansa. Like, she's, she's like being thrown into the lion's den quite literally. And she Mm -hmm. doesn't, she doesn't have like the skills that her siblings have because she's like been the most sheltered Stark child, I believe. Like, um, Bran. Bran is very wise and Arya is like very wild and I feel like because Sansa was like the firstborn daughter like so much was expected of her so she was sheltered more like Rob was the firstborn son so he was trained for battle and uh to, for lordship and to, you know to grow into this Eddard Stark figure and Sansa was kind of trained to grow into the perfect lady for a lord. And I feel like that is working against her 
a lot in King's Landing because she kind of figured she like she's figuring shit out, but she's still very naive, especially especially when it comes to Joffrey. Yeah, I agree. I think um, in the last sense of chapter, her world kind of came crashing down and the fairy tale just broke. Although I do think the all the Stark children are naive to an extent. I do have to agree that she is the most naive. And I feel like I agree she's done things that are horrible. And but I don't I especially in this chapter, I start to feel kind of bad for a little while because it's just she believes so much and it just wasn't true so i just feel a little bad um but she yeah has, this is where she's starting to wake up she has that ned stark syndrome like where she just has like this faith in people that she shouldn't have faith in exactly it's, it's pretty sad so the chapter continues and it says this was the first court session of joffrey's reign so sansa looked about nervously a line of Lannister house guards stood beneath the western windows, a line of gold-cloaked city watchmen beneath the east. Of small folk and commoners, she saw no sign, but under the gallery of cluster of lords, great and small, milled restlessly. There were no more than 20, where a hundred had been accustomed to wait upon King Robert. Sansa slipped in among them, murmuring greetings as she worked her way toward the front. She recognized the black-skinned Jalabar Excel. Gloomy Sir Aaron Santagar, the Redwine Twins, Horror and Slobber. Only none of them seemed to recognize her, or if they did, they sighed away as if she had the Grey Plague. So, like, the people aren't really fucking with Sansa because mm -hmm. she's a traitor's daughter. Exactly. Yeah, she's the uh, traitor's daughter. She is. And it, um, one thing that catches my attention, just, like, to backtrack a little bit, is the number of people that were with King Robert versus Joffrey or now the Lannister court. I wonder if it's because they didn't want more people there because they thought they would hurt Joffrey or Cersei or because no one wanted to come see them. I feel like it's because no one wanted to come see them. I think it's a bit of both. I think like um, for sure some people didn't want to come because they know that it's like a war that's about mm -hmm. to break out. And then you have like, of course, the River Lords are at war right now with uh, Tywin. So, like all the Western houses, um, I don't know if I don't know if the Tywin call the King's Banners. I'm not sure. Like, did they call like the people from um, Maidenpool and the Crownlands? I'm not sure if they called those people. But then you have like a lot of people had already left King's Landing. Like Beric and Thoros's party had left. Renly left and took a lot of people with him. Um, the Tyrells had left. So Loris was yeah. gone. So a lot of the people that Sansa would have noticed were gone. Yeah. And then I also think that the commoners weren't there for sure for because they didn't want them there. Like Cersei yeah. didn't want them there. Yeah, that's one thing I did think is like, one maybe afraid of them you know but she always definitely thinks that she's like it's better than them you know like why do i want to listen to these people's complaints yeah for sure but yeah <laughs> she doesn't it's sad it's like i don't know when you're in high school and you do something wrong and then all your friends stop talking to you no one looks at you that's how i feel like sansa is right now yeah you know what i mean they're like oh my god there she is nobody talks to her she's like she, <laughs> she went to into the cafeteria and everyone's like you can't sit with us exactly <laughs> so that's she's, how i feel here yeah definitely she, and she's looking for like friendly faces like she's looking for any kind of friend and she can't find them and she's basically like saying um you know I shouldn't be afraid, she told herself. I have nothing to be afraid of. It will all come out well. Joff loves me, and the queen does too. She said so. And I'm just like, bitch, really? You think she loves you? You think they love you after, like, what they've done to your dad? Yes. Like, same. I'm like, come on. Like, <laughs> oh, honey, you know what I mean? That's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, wake up. I don't know. But, yeah, I just, I feel so bad for her. No, I, but I feel really bad for her in this chapter. I do too. Like, I don't like Sansa. I don't like, like, I've always, like, people know I don't like Sansa, but I don't like the show Sansa. Mm -hmm. I've, I am impartial to book Sansa. Like, I don't like a Game of Thrones Sansa for sure. Um, I really like when she becomes Elaine Stone. Same. I love her. <laughs> 
So it's like, she does grow. Like she does grow. She does learn, but she's just so naive. And like a lot of it isn't her fault. A lot of it is like, there's some shit that just to me is unforgivable. Like her lying on Arya in the Riverlands. Mm -hmm. Like if she had told the truth, like Joffrey wasn't going to like you anyway. And you saw who he was. So if you had just told the truth, you could have saved a lot of people <laughs> like the butcher's boy. Like he might not have had to get butchered lady and lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that's unforgivable. And then like, you know, trying to make your dad bow down to Cersei because he wants to send you home because you're in love with Joffrey, but you're not mm-hmm. really in love with Joffrey. like Joffrey's a sociopath. Yeah. That, that is one of my biggest like issues with her i i do like sansa but i'm not like a crazy sansa fan um you know i do think she made mistakes i do think that at all like edard's imprisonment with her you know running to the queen i feel like that is partial that is part of it is her fault but i also feel like a lot of that onus belongs to ed edard you know what i mean like you're a grown man you know you know you should know. You should know better. So I feel like it's more than one person's fault, definitely. But she, I feel like she definitely had a big hand in it. I feel like if you wouldn't have said anything, you probably wouldn't be here right yeah. now. Yeah, yep. for sure. So Joffrey comes out and the Herald is like, all hail his grace. Joffrey of Houses Baratheon and Lannister, the first of his name, King of the Andals, the Ronar, and the First Men, and Lord of the Seven Kingdoms. All hail his lady mother, Cersei of House Lannister, Queen Regent, Light of the West, and the Protector of the Realm. So, first of all, it's funny that, like, they're like, Joffrey of the House is Baratheon and Lannister, instead of just saying Joffrey of the House Baratheon. Mm-hmm. Because that's, like, the normal. Like, when they introduce Rob, it's Rob of House Stark. It's not Rob of House Tully and House Stark. Yes. So, <laughs> it's so weird. It is so weird. Like, that would be like saying it's Stannis Baratheon of House Baratheon. And I forget where is his mother, Florent. I forget exactly what his mother is. But yeah, it's weird. It is really weird. And I actually want to talk a little bit about uh, some foreshadowing, if it's okay. If I can backtrack a little bit. Um, There's this part in this chapter that really, really interests me. And it goes... Uh, vainly she searched for friendly faces not one of them would meet her her eyes it was as as she as if she had become a ghost dead before her time I feel like I don't like to say this and I people might hate me but I feel like that might be a little bit of foreshadowing that Sansa might die throughout this book series I totally think she's gonna die I think she's gonna die too and that reminds me a lot of um beautiful which is the quote that Eddard used for Liana, which is beautiful and willful and dead before her time. So I mm-hmm. feel like it just has such a ring. Like, I feel like she, I don't know. I feel like that's a little bit of foreshadowing and she might die. Yeah, to get, like, not to get, like, too far and, and talk about the show and everything. But when they made her queen in the North in the show, like, to me, that made no sense. Because if Bran is going to be king, he's not going to be king in King's Landing. If anything, he's going to be king in Winterfell where there's a heart tree and like the new ruling seat will become Winterfell or the new new ruling seat will become um Harrenhal or something like that like he's gonna be he's gonna want to be around Weirwoods why would he want to like let's say that everything that happened in the show is canon why would Bran who's confined to a wheelchair want to be in a city that's ruined mm-hmm. like the king's landing is the ruling seat because that is the that is the castle that the dragons built so if the dragons are all gone and the targaryens are all gone and the red keep is ruined and burned by dragon fire and the throne is burned by dragon fire why would bran want to be king there that makes no sense and then he's a weirwood king yes so- i have to agree like when i thought okay so okay let's say that it is canon and he's going to be king. Why not rule from the God's eye, bro? Like, that's where you get your power. I I 100% agree. I was like, are they going to... One of my questions at the end of the show was like, are they going to bring Weirwood, Weirwoods down? Down mm-hmm. to... Like, would they grow again? You know, I was so confused. I've noticed that when the Starks lose their direwolves, the Starks die. Yeah. They die. Yes. And like, um, 
Rob and Greywin kind of had the same death. Mm-hmm. Greywin's head was cut off. Rob's head was cut off, even though they were swapped. Um, like in the show, as soon as Summer dies, Bran becomes like this weird person that's like, you know, I'm not even Bran anymore. Mm-hmm. When Shaggy Dog dies, Rickon dies. Like, and this is the show we're talking about. But I've always had this theory that in the books that Sansa, where she has where she starts off as this person that, you know, goes against her family and kind of joins the Lannisters. Like her last deed will actually be her fighting for her family and not only just fighting for her family, but fighting for the sister that she didn't get along with the most, the sibling that she didn't get along with the most, which was Arya. And Sansa will actually die in the place of Arya like Lady died in the place of Nymeria. So I've been... That's been my theory for a long, 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 long time. And Game of Thrones season eight, making Sansa queen of the North was like, bro, no. Yeah, I do. I do think she's going to die. And I do. I do feel like once or what, like you, once their wolves are dead, they're dead. I don't know how to do that. I really like that because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Sansa is on the path to like really fuck up, like Mm -hmm. to really mess up her like if she ever gets back because I don't know what's gonna happen I'm not that good at predicting but I feel like she's gonna really do something to hurt her family and this is a I don't know and I feel like maybe that will be one of her like way she comes uh she gets redemption I don't know if that makes sense I just feel like the way she's going right now even though I like her and the later books I feel like she's turning a little sketch a little I don't know old cold yeah and i feel like it could lead her to do something bad bad worse than what she's done against her family and i feel like maybe if she were to die in a place of one of her family members it would be a more of a redemption arc i don't know i don't necessarily i think like i think by the time she's elaine like she's yeah her family she's gonna uh probably never betray them again but Littlefinger, she's definitely gonna kill him. Oh, I cannot wait for that. I hope so. I hope she does it herself. Like I, I think she is. Like the ghost of yeah. High Heart's whole uh I saw the same maiden. She was talking about um Joffrey's wedding. She's like, you know, I saw the same maiden in a castle made of snow slaying a giant. And I'm like, okay, that's Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. Because the veil is definitely looks like a, this is like a snowy castle. And Littlefinger is from bravos like his family comes from bravos the titan of bravos is a giant little fingers like the baelish sigil like the how like his parent sigil i believe is the titan of bravos yeah i can't wait for her (laughs) that is one thing i do like i like that in the show i wish she would have done it herself but i was happy with what i got there I, I just feel like she is going to have to do something. I, I mean, I feel like she needs to make up with like she needs to make up for what she's done. I don't feel like she necessarily has to die. Um, I will say like a small spoiler. Um, and it's not really a spoiler because this outline has changed so drastically. Mm-hmm. But in the original outline for A Song of Ice and Fire, Sansa was not one of the five survivors. So the, the five survivors were Tyrion, Jon, Bran, Daenerys, and Arya. So mm-hmm. Sansa wasn't supposed to survive in the beginning. Could he have changed that for sure? Because he changed so much of it. But it's interesting that in the show, Danny dies, but Sansa lives. Yeah. So I'm like, that's a hell of a swap if that's what he was going for. Yeah. No matter what, I, I love Danny and I hope she never dies and I hope she gets her beautiful ending. Same. It's too happy, so it probably won't happen, but I love her so much. I mean, I don't see why, like, even if she's not queen, why can't she just go away like John went away? Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be a happy ending. It can be just her going away on Drogon, like, on some Nettles sheep stealer type of shit. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I would love that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Let's just go, go away. Like, be happy. I don't know. Live. But, yeah. Yeah. So, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I think I'm done here. 
Okay. Well, not here, but with this part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So Sansa's like saying, you know, like who's all in the room. So she's like, Sir Barrison Selmy is there. Sir Aerys Okar is there. Sir Boris Blunt is there. And there's like, um, she's like, so the six Kings Guard were now in the hall. All the white swords save Jamie Lannister alone. Her prince, no, her king now, took the steps of the Iron Throne two at a time while his mother was seated with the council. Jaff wore plush black velvet slashed with crimson and shimmering cloth of gold cape with a high collar in his head, a golden crown crusted with rubies and black diamonds. When Joffrey turned to look out over the hall, his eye caught Sansa's. He smiled, seated himself and spoke. It is a king's duty to punish the disloyal and reward those who are true. Grand Maester Pycelle, I commend you to read my decrees. And then Pycelle comes up and like... I can't stand Mr. Paiso. Oh my god, I cannot stand him either. Show or book. He's yeah. the freaking word. He's such a creeper. creep. <laughs> yes, like, oh, like, oh no. Yes, he is such a creep. So um Joffrey is basically like, you know, judging the traitors and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So the names he reads made Sansa hold her breath. Lord Stannis Baratheon, his lady wife, his daughter. Lord Renly Baratheon, both Lord Royces and their sons, Sir Loris Tyrell, Lord Mace Tyrell, his brothers, uncles, sons, the Red Priest Thoros Amir, Lord Beric Dondarrion, Lady Lysa Arryn and her son, the little Lord Robert, Lord Hoster Tully, his brother Sir Brendan, his son Sir Edmure, Lord Jason Malister, Lord Bryce Caron of the Marches, Lord Titus Blackwood, Lord Walder Frey, and his heir Sir Stevran. Lord Carl Vance, Lord Jonas Bracken, Lady Sheila Went, Doran Martell, Prince of Dorne, and all his sons. So many, she thought as Pycelle read on and on, it will take a whole flock of ravens to send out these commands. And at the end, near the last, came the names Sansa had been dreading. Lady Catelyn Stark, Rob Stark, Brandon Stark, Rickon Stark, Arya Stark. Sansa stifled a gasp. Arya. They wanted Arya to present herself and swear an oath. It must mean her sister had fled on the galley. She must be safe at Winterfell by now. So the, Joffrey, that makes me so sad. I'm sorry that <laughs> she must be safe at Winterfell. Like I feel like all the Stark children, when they think of each other, they're like, "Oh, they must be. Hopefully, they're safe. Hopefully, they're there." And she thinks of her sister. And she's like, "Oh, she's at Winterfell. She's yeah. safe there." It's like, oh, it's it's funny because. <laughs> so saying the absence grows the ha the heart fonder. Mm -hmm. So when Sansa in the previous Sansa chapter, like Sansa when she's in the room pent up, like she never thinks about Arya. And then at the end, she thinks about Arya. She's like, she oh does. my god, I never forgot to ask about Arya. And then like the same thing with like right here, like she gasps thinking like, oh my god, Arya's alive. Like it's kind of a relief to her. But it's so naive to think that she's made it back to Winterfell already. <laughs> yes, like, it is naive. It is so sad. I think it is sad. Um, but I do agree. And I feel like on the other side of that coin, like, I feel like Arya is kind of the same. Yeah. Um, every now and then she'll think of, uh, like, her family. Or I think there's a point. I may be misquoting and misremembering. But she's, like, saying a prayer. And she's like, I guess I'll say one for Sansa, too. So Yeah, and she talks um, about, like, I once knew a girl that loved lemon cakes. Like she thinks about Sansa. Like yeah. Sansa is a comforting thought to her, even yeah. though like they had like this tumultuous childhood. But yeah. she is like, you know, like they love each other. There's their yes. siblings, their sisters. And sometimes like sisters don't have the best relationship when they're young like exactly. this, and especially they're when that, they're so different. Yes. They're so different. And they're in that perfect age to hate each other. Yeah. Like it's that like perfect like not hate each other but just be so frustrated with each other so i feel like i feel like lots of people comment about their their bickering or how they call how sense of calls her names it's like they're i mean they're they're sisters i don't know i have a brother and <laughs> girl let me tell you sometimes i'm just like wow i was kind of mean to you <laughs> growing up you know so. i mean me i have a sister we've had our moments but for the most part like we're our age difference is so much like I'm 10 years older than her. Mm -hmm. So like she was like my baby. Oh, <laughs> like, gotcha. Yeah. So we never had like the mean sister relationship. 
But so what Joffrey is doing here is he's reading. So what we were talking about earlier about mm-hmm. all the lords being missing. So he's noticed like who's the fuck isn't in King's yes. Landing, which is a Renly and Loras Tyrell. So um, he's make the names that he's reading off that he wants to come swear fealty to him are the people that have already taken up against him. Yep. Except exactly. for like, except for Lysa, like Lysa is just impartial. But basically he's saying, so Stannis and Renly are Robert's brothers. And then Lord Royce, the uh, both Lord Royces and their sons, they're the Lords in the Vale. So they would be, you know, whatever Lysa, they'd be doing whatever Lysa is doing. Um, Loras Tyrell left with Renly. So Mace Tyrell and his brothers and uncles all fall into that category with Loras and Renly. And then um, the Red Priest Thoros of Mir and Lord Beric Dondarrion went off hunting the mountain. So then you also have Hoster Tully, which is Catelyn Stark's dad and her uncle Brendan and Edmir. Jason Malister is also a river lord, bannerman of Hoster Tully. That Jason Malister is actually already like gonna fight Tywin. So like he's already, I think he's already like he's one of the last houses standing in the Riverlands right now. Mm-hmm. For uh to I think Tywin's taken every like Tywin's taken every river riverland house except for uh the Malisters. And I think it's one more. It might be, I think that's it. Um, Lord Titus Blackwood, I think he's already dead. Like he fell or he fell in battle. I'm not sure. But yeah. I think Black House Blackwood fell already. Um, Walder Frey. <laughs> Walder Frey is Banderman to Hoster Tully. Yep, and he's like, come on, you know? <laughs> yeah, like all, all these he houses. He should always swear. <laughs> All these houses like Bracken and House Went. I think like Heron Hall's already felt like already fallen. Yeah. So like all these houses are Riverland houses. And then Doran Martell, Prince of Dorne. Like we already know like Dorne doesn't fuck with the Lannister. So these are all the yeah. people that Jaffe feels like would contest his reign. That's yes. the people he's calling to swear fealty to him. And like Catelyn, Rob. Brandon, Rick, on Arya, like they're not coming to King's Landing to swear fealty to you. You had their father in a dungeon. Yeah, I think um, like with Saint Dorne Martell, Prince of Dorne, and all his sons, it just I don't like another. Just it's uh, you know like women, and it's just so disrespectful. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where women in Dorne are princesses of Dorne. I feel like it's also such a slight. Mm-hmm to everybody to everyone else and also does it i forgot i forget mace tyrell's son the oldest why isn't in he here why isn't garland yes garland i think so the why is he here because he's the heir right yeah i don't know (laughs) i was like dang okay sorry and i mean because (laughs) right because prince doran's heir is arian yeah exactly so it's kind of like Yes. Yeah. Jaffrey don't know what he's doing. No, they don't know he, what he's doing. He's just making a show. He's just making a show. Yeah. So it says, Mr. Pycelle clears his throat. In place of the traitor, Eddard Stark, it is the wish of his grace that Tywin Lannister, Lord of Castle Rock and Warden of the West, take up the office of Hand of the King to speak with his voice, lead his armies against his enemies and carry out his royal will. So the king has decreed the small council consents. And it says, in the place of the traitor Stannis Baratheon, it is the wish of his grace that his lady mother, the queen regent, Cersei Lannister, who has ever been his staunchest support, be seated upon his small council, that she may help him rule wisely and with justice. So the king has decreed the small council consents. So, like, add to this, to Cersei being placed on the council... Like, there's a little bit of murmuring going on Mm -hmm. in the the crowd because Cersei's a woman. Yeah, that's not very commonplace. Uh, There have been women, like, in the past of A Song of Ice and Fire that work within the small council. Um, But it's very rare for her to just be seated there. It's so presumptuous. And I feel, like, arrogant. Like, everybody knows you saw yourself there. It's just, (laughs) it goes back to that, her, like, the, like the audacity, very similar to 
the lion being next to the crown stag on the banner. It, yeah. I feel like it's all kind of the same thing. It's the the, the Lannisters are just above themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they're just above themselves. And I mean, I, I I can't even lie. Like I probably would be too. Like if I stole the whole, like if I stole the whole fucking kingdom, like this. If I stole the whole Seven Kingdoms with a bastard son. And I'd been fucking my brother and like getting away with it for all this time. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably be like above myself too. Like I'm not even gonna lie. Like if I knew I could get away with that, then what I what can't I get away with at this point? And yeah. that's that's one of her downfalls. Yes, I was about to say, like she thinks she's so like high and mighty. It's like you don't see the truth. Like Cersei always claims to be so smart, you know, to be like equal, to be just as good, but it's like you're not because you're so above yourself you're so within your own head that you can't see that surrounding yourself with Lannister men and getting rid of the memory of Rob Stark so quickly that being so arrogant to see yourself on the small council like those are all things that will bring you down maybe not today maybe not tomorrow but they will lead to your downfall oh for sure that ego is inflated yes (laughs) it really is (laughs) It's just like uh, Cersei, because I also love Cersei. She's one of my favorite oh, yeah. characters. She's full of drama, and I love it. I love, <laughs> I love her too. Like I love her in the books, and I love Lena Headey. Like I think she yes. plays the fuck out of Cersei. She did so freaking good, so good. Mm-hmm. So Joffrey keeps like handing shit out, and Janice Slint comes in, and he gets Harrenhal, which is an ancient seat. Like he gets all the lands surrounding it, the incomes. Like, and then it goes from him to his sons and his grandsons. And not only that, like, he gets a seat on the small council. Mm -hmm. And it says, Sansa glimpsed the motion from the corner of her eye as Janice Slint made his entrance. This time, the muttering was louder and angrier. Proud lords whose houses went back thousands of years made way reluctantly for the balding frog-faced commoner as he marched past. Golden scales had been sewn onto the black velvet of his doublet and rang together softly with each step. His cloak was checked black and gold satin. Two ugly boys who must have been his son went before him, (laughs) struggling with the weight of a heavy metal shield as tall as they were. For his sigil, he had taken a bloody spear, gold on a night black field. The sight of it raised goose prickles up and down Sansa's arms. So... The way Lord Janos is described and the way his frog describes yes, ugly little boys. always gets to me like since like damn these people are ugly like okay but this <laughs> is it's always so good this is another another instance where Cersei has like risen above herself like she doesn't realize like when when you make these political decisions then you have to. You, you run the risk of pissing people off and you're not in a position where you can piss people off. So when you have these lords whose bloodlines go back thousands of years and then you have this common man that committed like treason for you and you sit him on the king's council and you give him Harrenhal. Like you give him like Tywin yeah. can't even believe it when he fucking hears about it. No, There's <laughs> a lot of things that happen in this chapter that Tywin's like, are you like... What, yeah. are you freaking kidding me like yeah. and it, it is it's one of those you're right it's those situations like where it's so short-sighted like that's 100 so short-sighted you can't even think like ahead to know what people are going to feel I just I don't get it it's surprising like how long they stay in power like you know what I mean how yeah. long she stays in power and I feel like a lot of it's just sheer like she attributes it to skill I feel like it's just sheer luck and fear that people have. The fear of Tywin. Yeah. That's why when Tywin goes, when Tywin falls, so does House Lannister. Yes. Like House Lannister, after Tywin's death, it's it's like downhill. Like you can feel the momentum that they had in the beginning going down, down, down as soon as Tywin dies. Yeah. Um, so... The last thing, it says, lastly, in these times of treason and turmoil with our beloved Robert so lately dead, it is the view of the council that the life and safety of King Joffrey is of paramount importance. He looked to the queen, Cersei, and stood. Sir Barristan Selmy, stand forth. Sir Barristan had been standing at the foot of the Iron Throne as still as any statue. 
But now he went to one knee and bowed his head. Your grace, I am yours to command. Rise, Sir Barristan, Cersei Lannister said. You may remove your helm. My lady, standing, the old knight took off his high white helm, though he did not seem to understand why. You have served the realm long and faithfully, good sir, and every man and woman in the seven kingdoms owes you thanks. Yet now I feel your service is at an end. It is the wish of the king and the council that you lay down your heavy burden. My burden? I fear I, I, I do not. The new-made lord, Janice Slint, spoke up with his voice heavy and blunt. Her grace is trying to tell you that you are relieved as lord commander of the king's guard. The tall, white-haired knight seemed to shrink as he stood there, scarcely breathing. Your grace, he said at last, the king's guard is a sworn brotherhood. Our vows are taken for life. Only death may relieve the lord commander of his sacred trust. Whose death, Sir Barristan? The queen's voice was soft and silk. But her words carried the whole length of the hall. Yours or your king's? You let my father die, Joffrey said, accusingly from atop the Iron Throne. You're too old to protect anybody. First of all, Jenna Slynn needs to sit the fuck down. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you don't even fucking go here, okay? Like, I get so <laughs> mad. That line just like, um, shut up. Like, shut up. No one's freaking talking to you. Right. Like, you've been a lord. For, for one second minutes. and like, like none of the people in the hall are fucking pleased that you're a lord and what are you gonna do you're gonna fucking talk shit to sir barristan selmy mm -hmm. who is one of the like last king's guard that was reigning when Ares was reigning what like that was king's guard when Ares was reigning like he served three kings so yeah calm the fuck down yeah a hero a legend and you're just gonna talk to him that way like no yeah. So, like, first of all, and that's another short-sighted thing that Cersei did. Like, Sir Barristan is a legend. Yes. Sir Barristan standing beside Joffrey strengthens Joffrey's claim. Yes. To the throne. Even Sir Barristan. He's, like, quote-unquote, too old. Like, if they said, like, told him, like, him there alone, having your back provides more legitimacy to you. Yes. You getting rid of him, one, shows that you have no respect for tradition, history, or respect for the heroes of Westeros. It's just like, bye. Yeah. Or vows. And it, it, it makes me so sad. Like this, your grace, he said, I was chosen for the white sword in my 23rd year. It was all I had ever dreamed from the moment I first took sword in hand. I gave up all claim to my ancestral keep. The girl I was to wed married my cousin in my place. I had no need of land or sons. My life would be lived for the realm. Sir Gerald Hightower himself heard my vows to ward the king with all my strength. To give my blood for his, I fought beside the White Bull and Prince Lewin of Dorne, beside Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning. Before I served your father, I helped shield King Ares and his father, Jaehaerys, before him. Three kings and all of them dead, Littlefinger pointed out. Your time is done, Cersei Lannister announced. Joffrey requires men around him who are young and strong. The council has determined that Sir Jaime Lannister will take your place as the Lord Commander of Sworn Brothers of the White Swords. The Kingslayer, Sir Barristan said, his voice hard with contempt. The false knight who profaned his blade with the blood of the king he had sworn to defend. Have a care for your words, sir the queen warned you are speaking of our beloved brother your king's own blood and like then Barry's like steps in to like yeah. kind of but like seriously this chapter, though this chapter should be called nepotism one because <laughs> that's all it is like how do you take a guy like like we were saying the legitimacy of joffrey's reign would have been more legit mm -hmm. had he had sir barrison by his side like yes. i feel like because Danny has Sir Barristan, like I feel like Sir Barristan's gonna be with Danny when they come back to Westeros. Um, if he doesn't die and he's with Danny, that automatically gives her legitimately. He's exactly. a legend. He's a legend. He served her grandfather, he served her father, he served King Robert. Yeah, and he still freaking got it. Like this is a little bit ahead, but during this time, like once he bounces, like they try to stop him and he still gets away. Like, right. It's not his lack of skill like i don't you know they claim it that he's old and that he he's no he's no longer able to protect the king but clearly he's he is he's capable it's just 
it's just showing that you want your family, your line is so closer to you. And it's just, ah, like, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. It, it's, it's really stupid. And it's really like, they're really showing their cards. It's so, it's so dumb. Maybe. And, and so Cersei's like, you know, well, like Lord Tywin has agreed to give you some land north of Lannisport. And he's like, a hall to die in and men to bury me. I thank you, my lords, but I spit upon your pity. And like, he starts like taking off his armor, dropping his helmet. He said, I am a knight. He opened the silver fastening of his breastplate and let it fall as well. And I shall die a knight. And Littlefinger's like, a naked knight. It will see you. I can't stand Me Littlefinger. Either. I wish he would have cut him like cheese. Like he threatens to cut them like cheese. Like, please <laughs> yes. go ahead. Yes. God, shut up. Like, I don't get it. He... Mm, yeah i feel this chapter makes me really mad it also makes me really sad for barrison like it's heartbreaking I yeah feel bad and he's right like you're giving me this land first of all it's funny because tywin was so mad that they dismissed him he did not give him any land. like he wouldn't have approved it like if that invoice came across his desk he would have been like denied so i think it's funny that they say tywin lannister agreed to this it's like no he didn't you're just doing it on your own and he's right i mean what does he want a keep for he doesn't have a family he doesn't have anyone he's given his whole life uh to this service and it's like what am i gonna do now and they just like, spit on it yeah they just spit on it it's it's it's, it's sad yeah it's not just sad, it's not- like for that but it's like a defiling you know what i mean yeah yeah, it's 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 gross, like the way that they treat him, and yeah. like, and they do it in front of so many people, and like all the people are laughing, and Sansa even says, like, surely that must have hurt the most. Sansa thought yeah. her heart went out to the gallant old man as he stood shamed and red faced, too angry to speak. Um, finally he drew his sword, but if Sansa feels like that, and Sansa only knows, you know, like the stories and songs about Sir Barrison. Imagine how like those lords are looking at that. Yeah. Like you take a legend like Sir Barristan and you replace him with the Kingslayer. Yep. <laughs> like that's what that's what you're doing. With the Kings with the Kingslayer. Yep. Um, so he draws his sword and like Sir Boros and Sir Marin like come towards him. And he's like, have no fear, sirs. Your king is safe. No thanks to you. Even now, I could cut through the five of you as easy as a dagger cuts cheese. If you would serve under the Kingslayer, not one of you is fit to wear the white. He flung his sword at the foot of the Iron Throne. Here, boy, melt it down and add it to the others. If you like, excuse me. Here, boy, melt it down and add it to the others if you like. It would do you more good than the swords in the hands of these five. Perhaps Lord Stannis will chance to sit on it when he takes your throne. <laughs> like, Barrison was in there. <laughs> Barrison called a bitch out. I <laughs> yes. love it. <laughs> like, Barrison was like, okay, bitch. This is yep. how y'all want to play it. This how yes. you want to play it. And then, like, he, like, walks out that bitch. Yeah, like, and, like, and the lords, the lords move out his way. Like, they're not standing in his way. Nope, no hesitation. They're like, oh, please walk this way no yeah it's crazy I feel because it's just so you know like the first time I read these books I was just kind of like okay this is cool you know I had already watched the show and I didn't necessarily understand the implications but the more you read these chapters it's like mistake 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 it's like you're fucking up babe yeah and 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 Jaffrey's like he called me a boy. <laughs> yeah, he called me a boy, and he talks about my uncle. I want him seized, and like nobody like like moves. And he's like, I no. want him seized now. And Lord Janice like gets up, like my gold cloaks will see to it. Like mm-hmm. my gold cloaks will do it. Yep, sure. And they never catch him because he, like you said, he still got it. He still got it. Yeah. So um, Joffrey, so he says, we find ourselves in need of a new sword for our king's guard. Joffrey smiled. Tell them, mother, the king and the council have determined that no man in the seven kingdoms is more fit to guard and protect his grace than his worn shield, Sandor Clegane. And Joffrey's like, how do you like that dog? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, the relationship between Sandor Clegane and Joffrey is so funny. I think so, too. It's like he I just I aspire to not give any F's as much as Sandor does. Like, 
he just doesn't. He just doesn't care. It's so hilarious. And Joffrey cares so much. And the wrong way. But he's, like, so invested, obviously. And I don't know. I just, I like it. Yeah. And, like, the like the Kingsguard are not happy about the Hound being in the Kingsguard. So Boris is kind of like, a, the, the Swarm Brotherhood of the Kingsguard have always been knights. And the Hound's like, until now. Yeah. <laughs> until now. Like, I don't have shit yeah. to forsake or forswear. So, like, yeah. I, I'll be on your Kingsguard in name only, but I'm not a knight. Yeah, it just, like, again, it just, that this chapter, like, these, I don't know, these, this part just really shows, again, their lack of, or lack of respect for tradition, for history, for culture, which I think are super important when you're trying to establish yourself as a new ruler. Like, you want, you know what I mean? Like, you want that stuff because it legitimizes you as a, a king. And I feel like that's just my opinion, but it's just, it's just showing how you don't care. About right, but the it, sacred traditions. It's definitely true, though. It's like I I don't think they care either. Yeah, like all of them. Like, of course they don't. They forsaken and broke every tradition that there is. Yeah, <laughs> that they're like they don't care. But the people care, you know, like whether that be the small folk or even like the lo- the other lords. Like, I feel like a lot of them really do care about tradition. Oh yeah, which is something that. Cersei even later herself, like in the shows, relies on you know calling Daenerys a an outsider, a uh, foreigner, a foreigner. Thank you. So it's like you're relying on these traditions and this like national pride to keep you safe when you want it. So it's just it's when it's convenient. When it's convenient. But I mean, we know for a fact that like traditions, especially in the north, are taken seriously. Like when it comes to guests, right? Like the whole grand northern conspiracy thing isn't necessarily because those houses that are sworn to the Boltons now love the Starks. Like some of them for sure, yeah, they love the Starks. But a lot of it is that Walder Frey broke guest right. Mm-hmm. So fuck the phrase and yep. fuck the Boltons for yep. aiding in that shit. All of them. <laughs> yeah. And it's it goes back to the traditions of yeah. the North. And I feel like it's the same everywhere in Westeros. Like, no one wants Joffrey to be their king. No one wants Cersei. No one wants House Lannister to rule them. So um, Sansa is, like, about to have her moment. So she says, when the King's Herald moved forward, Sansa realized the moment was almost at hand. She smoothed down the cloth of her skirt nervously. She was dressed in mourning as a sign of respect for the dead king, but she had taken special care to make herself beautiful. Her gown was an ivory silk that the queen had given her, the one Arya had ruined, but she had them dye it black, and you couldn't see the stain at all. She had fretted over her jewelry for hours, finally deciding upon the elegant simplicity of a plain silver chain. The herald's voice boomed out. If any man in this hall has other matters to set before his grace, let him speak now or go forth and hold his silence. Sansa quailed. Now, she told herself, I must do it now. Gods give me courage. She took one step, then another. Lords and knights stepped aside silently to let her pass, and she felt the weight of their eyes on her. I must be as strong as my lady mother. Your grace, she called out in a soft, tremulous voice. The height of the Iron Throne gave Joffrey a better vantage point than anyone else in the hall. He was the first to see her. Come forward, my lady, he called out, smiling. His smile emboldened her, made her feel beautiful and strong. He does love me. He does. Sansa lifted her head and walked toward him. Not too slow and not too fast. She must not let them see how nervous she was. The Lady Sansa of House Stark, the herald cried. She stopped under the throne at the spot where Sir Barrison's white cloak lay puddled on the floor beside his helm and breastplate. Do you have some business for the king and council, Sansa? The queen asked from the council table. So all of this is like a show for the people. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's, this is all like just for show. It is and for show. <laughs> she comes to ask for mercy for her father, Lord Eddard Stark, who was handed the king. And and she says it like she had practiced the words a hundred times. So she knew what like she had to say. Like she yeah. it, she's basically been coached to say this and say it in front of people. Yeah. And um, so she says it and she's like and Cersei's like, Sansa, you disappoint me. What did I tell you about traitor's blood? And then like Pycelle's like, you know, your father has committed like these terrible crimes. And Varys is like, 
Poor sad thing. She's only a babe, my lord. She does not know what she asks. And Sansa, like, only looks at Joffrey. And she's like, he must listen to me. Like, he must, she thought. I think think it's so sad, like, right here, um, you know, it says, I do. She knelt on the cloak um, as to not spoil her gown. I feel like it's such, like... Uh, I don't know, like, I don't know if foreshadowing is the right word because it happens so quickly, like, but it just, you know, it's, she's kneeling on this cloak of this, like, broken promise, broken tradition, a soiled cloak. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just feel like it really goes to show, like, that this promise that Joffrey gives her is going to be just as broken and just as soiled. That is such a good point. Thank you. I feel like it's just such good symbolism for that lie oh it totally is like you're kneeling on sir barristan's cloak who they like just fucking dis like kicked out the fucking kingdom yep on some whole shit like yep just in front of you like you just seen them (laughs) like you just seen them do some crazy shit to him so like his vow meant nothing the like it meant nothing to them and this vow meant nothing to him yeah that is a good point um, so she basically says, you know, um, like she like Joffrey's like, you know, I want to hear her speak. I want to hear her speak. And I don't know if Joffrey is into like if Joffrey is in on this. Like, I feel Cersei has coached her and the council has coached her, but I'm not sure that Joffrey is in on it. I don't think uh, Joffrey's in on much of anything, to be honest, like when, you know, when he like when they're like, oh, this is the law and, you know, Joffrey passed. Like, I feel like he's not involved at all. Like, he's just a figurehead. He just shows up when he wants attention. Kind of like King Robert, almost. You know, how he doesn't go to the small council meetings, how he just shows up when he wants to do attorney or something really bad happened. Like, he's not really involved in anything. That's the vibe I get from Joffrey. Yeah, I get the same. I get the same. Like, he's more involved than Tommen was when Tommen was king, but let, Mm -hmm. but not still that's that like being more involved than tom and yeah <laughs> does it really mean because tom yeah. wasn't involved at all um they just like basically had him stamp and shit yeah um but sansa's basically like you know like i i know he must be punished but i just ask you for mercy like i he has to regret what he did he was robert's friend he loved him you all know he loved him he never wanted to be hand until the king asked him they must have lied to him like Lord Renly or Lord Stannis or somebody like they must have lied otherwise. And then Joffrey like comes forward and he's like, he said, I wasn't the King. Why did he say that? And Sansa's like, his leg was broken. It hurt ever so much. He was taking milk of the poppy and milk of the poppy fills your heads with clouds. Otherwise he would have never said it. And like, of course, Varys is like playing good cop and Pycelle is playing bad cop and Cersei's like just looking yep. thoughtfully. I feel and like Pycelle, like he is so like treason is treason. It's like you're a traitor though, too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like he's he he projects so I feel like he projects so much of his like hate for traitor and traitor's blood because he is himself a traitor and full of traitor's blood. And I feel like he knows it. So he tries to like put it on everybody else. The ultimate traitor. The ultimate traitor. Like he was always a Lannister fanboy. And yeah. this just really shows it. He definitely betrayed King Robert. Yep. And and, and John Aaron. Yep. And he betrayed he's betrayed everybody for Tywin for the Lannisters. Yeah. Yeah. Tyrion like s- like so- sought him out and destroyed him. Yeah. <laughs> when Tyrion, was, like, Tyrion sought him out. Like I I yes. see right through you, bitch. Yeah. And I don't remember if this is in the books or just in the show or both, because sometimes they do cloud up in my head. But the part where Tyrion or when Tywin's like and Cersei's complaining to him about Master Maester Pycelle, and he's like, "Well, maybe he should kind of be there." Like, you know what I mean? He's yeah. Like, well, why is he in there? So he kind of knows too. There was a scene; it's a deleted scene from Game of Thrones where Tywin's like fishing in King's yes. Landing and talking to Pycelle, and Tywin's like, "Cut this act! Like, you're not 
you act, you do this fake limp and this fake hunched over shit. Like it's all an act. And he's like, everything I've done has been for House of Lannister. And that's so true. But like, I was so glad that Bears offed him. <laughs> yeah, I really wish that that would have stayed more in the show because that just really shows. And I really like that quote. He's like, the tallest rose often gets plucked. It's like, yes, ugh, you're such a coward, bro. Like such. on top of being a traitor and a freaking pervert and a weirdo creep, you're also a coward. Like. Yes, he is. So Cersei's like, well, if he confesses his crime, we would know he had repented his folly. Joffrey pushed himself to his feet. Please, Sansa thought, please, please be the king. I know you are good and kind and noble, please. Like, bitch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you have any sense? So he was like, do you have any more to say? He asked her. She said, only that as you love me, you do me this kindness, my prince. Sansa said. King Joffrey looked her up and down. Your sweet words have moved me, he said gallantly, nodding as if to say all would be well. I shall do as you ask, but first your father has to confess. He has to confess and say that I'm the king or there will be no mercy for him. He will, Sansa said, her heart soaring. I know he will. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad for her here because I feel like she she has such a rush of hope, like such a roller coaster, you know, at the end of this chapter. She's like, maybe there is hope after all. Yeah, this is any hope. And this is the that. last chapter she has hope in. Yeah. This is the last chapter she has hope in because this is the last like after this, she sees him for what he is. When he cuts his father's head off, her father's head off, she sees him exactly for what she is. She's seen it already but she's been in denial even though like she has that dream where he's like he kills the mythical beast which none of the heroes ever kill the mythical beast in the story she says that herself Mm -hmm. so she's like in denial and she's like all in fight or flight mode just trying to survive and trying to shield herself from the bitter truth and like the like the awfulness that he is and like she's in an impossible position, right? Like she, her family, like she has no family there. Like she's in a, a pretty fucked up position. So it is normal to try to see light at the end of that tunnel because it's very dark where she's at. Yes, I agree, and I feel like that's why she has this little bit of hope. Um, and it is it is rough for her. I do like I I do feel really bad for her here. Um, she is all alone. She just wants her dad to come back and I don't know it's just it's rough and she is she's trying to survive and I really do think she is brave here and I mean what more can you ask from a 12 year old girl from like a girl like a little little girl to do her best like this and this is it and it's I feel like it's pretty brave of her and to her credit like Cersei and the small council mean to let Lord Eddard go to the wall like they they want him to confess take back what he said and go to the wall. Like they don't want to kill him because they know killing him is going to start a war. Like there's already, it's already a war going on. They don't want to make it bigger. So Cersei, like Barry says, like to, to Ned, like a tamed wolf is better than a dead wolf to her. So, um, she like to Sansa's credit, the plan is, for Ned Stark to confess and go to the wall. That's why they tell Yorin to wait. Yep. So they can so he can take Ned. Joffrey kills him on his own. Yep. He goes crazy and just not crazy, but he goes off off book, off script, and just kills him. Which they were right. It would it did cause a war and a lot of trouble for them. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Like if if he had never a lot wouldn't have happened had he never had he let Ned Stark take the black and go to the wall, like yes, and not kill him. A lot of shit that happened wouldn't have happened. Like Rob, Rob would have went back to Winterfell. Uh, they wouldn't. Tywin wouldn't have had to deal with the Northern Army. Jamie would have never been captured, and Tywin would have only had to focus on Renly and Stannis. But mm-hmm. instead. The, the Rob goes off the war. Rob sends Theon 
to negotiate with Balon. So not only do they have Balon going to war, they have Rob going to war, Renly going to war, Stannis going to war. So yeah. Yeah, it, this it, was just a little breaking point, like the start <laughs> of it. This really was. He made it messy. He, he made did. it messy. And I feel like if Tyrion was there, none of that shit would have happened. Tyrion wouldn't have even like, like they did it on Baylor's sept, like they did it on the sept of Baylor because they, it, they it was about mercy. Him. They yeah. weren't gonna, they weren't gonna, and like the fucking high, the the fucking Septon was like, you bitches defiled Baylor's sept with this death, yes, this execution on Baylor's sept. Yeah, so it's pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's really fucked up. So inappropriate. I don't just. It's crazy. This chapter just shows so many mistakes they made, and it's like should have just like I guess hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> but it's it's but, funny. It's funny. Like this whole chapter is foreshadowing. The first yes. day of Joffrey's reign is mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Yes. The first day. So if that's the first day, imagine what the rest of it's going to be like. <laughs> yes. Just mistakes. Mistake. And, and eventually reaping what he sowed in this whole chapter. Yes. Everything he sowed here, he will reap later. Yes, he does. But, but <laughs> that, sounds a, that sounds a five. Did you have anything you wanted to add to it? No, I think, I think I'm good. Sorry, I took a sip. No, took a sip you're good. Water. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Sansa 5. Would you like to tell the people where they can find you one more time? I'll also put your links below. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at that lady Lola one, I think. Yeah, the lady Lola one. Sorry, I don't go on Twitter too much. <laughs> and that's pretty much the only place. I'm not a big poster. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that. <laughs> A lot of get a lot of peace of mind by not having social media. Yeah, I also just feel like people's lives are so interesting, and I'm just like, I just gotta work. I don't have anything, <laughs> have anything cool to post. So, well, yeah. I enjoyed doing this chapter with you. Um, thank you guys for tuning in this week, and I will see you next week. Bye, guys. 